and this is the Age Group Multisport Podcast with me, Richard Conway. This is a platform for Age Group Multisport athletes to showcase their journeys. episode 65 of AMP and a happy new year to you all. I hope you had a great Christmas and a great new year and you're looking forward to 2023. We had a good one, quiet-ish Christmas and then um, we had the boys back and their partners over New Year Um, so that was really cool. had a, a nice celebration and lots of games were played. I was introduced to a new game which was so simple uh, but so much fun. It was called Pass the Pig. Basically, you have these two tiny pigs and they've got black dots on the body and you throw the pigs, simple as that, and it depends how they land, depending on how many points you get. And the premise of the game is to get to 100 points and you have so many throws. And if one pig lands on its side with a black spot, then you lose all your points. So if you get some good points, you've got to bank it. And it was it was a good laugh. It was a right laugh. Um, so for next Christmas and New Year, I recommend you get past the pig because you'll have a, a really good laugh. <laughs> yeah, we had a, a really good Christmas and a really good New Year. And now we're back into podcasting and getting some training done, um, putting together... Uh, diary for, for this year of races we're going to enter and just getting the season ready really and hopefully we'll have a more profitable season than last year and we can stay injury free and crash free so that would be cool thank you once again for taking time out to give us a listen uh, we are going from strength to strength we're getting more and more listeners and I think that's down to one thing and one thing only, and that's the fantastic guests that we've had on over the last couple of years. Uh, they really do make the show, and everyone's individual and got their own fantastic story and to get to where they've got to. And we all know that's actually took that path, how hard it is. On a consistent basis, it's continuously hard work, and you've got to put the effort in and... The main thing is that you've got to be consistent. And um, today's guest is no exception. And we have Dr. Heather Lambert from up there in Newcastle joining us today. And um, another great story. She's uh, with a lot of our athletes, very, very humble. Um, She started racing in 2013. She just turned up at one of the events and she'd put a tenner in and thought, oh, she'll have a go at uh, Duathlon. And um, finished on the podium, qualified. Started having self-doubts, as she, she mentions in the interview. And, um, yeah, didn't really want to go. And then, as we'll hear, something happened to change her mind. And she's never looked back from, from that event. Um, yeah, with her 11 starts, she's had nine podiums and four wins. Uh, and she doesn't mention any of that in the interview. She's the current European and world sprint duo athlete. Um, she 
she won in Targu Muirs and she won in Bilbao at her age group. So, yeah, quite an athlete. Um, really enjoyed speaking to her. And I hope you enjoy Heather's story and also what she's quite passionate about with um, climate change. And she goes into one of the organisations that she does a lot of riding uh, for, um, which is Ride for the Lives. Um, we discuss a little bit about that, so, and we'll put more details of that in the show notes uh, and at the end of the uh, episode. So that's coming up. So what's been going on? Um, well, Christmas, New Year, like we said earlier, has uh, come and gone. And... Um, Kept a little bit of training going throughout the period, as well as not being very well. Like a lot of people I've heard have come down with either flu or COVID and um, yeah, wiped me out for a couple of days. Um, but okay now, I'm back on it. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, I've started my training diary that I got for my birthday. And um, it's a diary by Joe Freel. And basically, it's just a book that allows you to keep records from day to day um, of what I've been doing. And um, it's also got a yearly planner in it, so you can plan out your season and plan and prioritise your races. So I've had one of these diaries for a number of years now. I get one usually for my birthday every year and... um, 1st of January I started up again so that's uh, that's pretty much what I'm going to be doing over the next few days looking at races and work out what I want to do so if you've not come across it before um, have a look really worth uh, grabbing hold of a copy and again it's called The Triathletes Training Diary and it's by Joe Freel having not been working I've not uh, listened to too many podcasts uh, over the last couple of weeks uh, but what what I did come across was um, a YouTube channel by one of our age groupers, Lee Barker. Um, Lee basically started triathlon in 2015 after he got disillusioned with running and he got addicted to the multi-sport world, he said. And um, he started making these videos about a year ago and um, they're really, really shot professionally and well. He's got a company in that follows him round and um, goes to some of his races and watches him training, uh, and they're really cool. So have a look, um, say, on his YouTube channel, which is Lee Barker. He's also got a website, and that's called Becoming Fastest Alters. And basically it's, uh, it's just following him. He wants to become age group world champion at duathlon. That's his goal, and... He's putting his heart and soul into it after um, retiring. He sold off his businesses and um, he's now putting everything into trying to become world champion. And um, that includes training camps abroad, um, training camps at altitude, traveling all over the world and, um, yeah, training... 10 to 15 hours a week so it's uh, it's fascinating to watch especially from an age grouper perspective um, to see somebody actually almost living as a pro would, would live and train um, but at age group so 
search him out. I'm open to get him onto the podcast. We are in um, communication at the moment and uh, we'll be fab to get him on and hear his story um, first hand. Um, so, yeah, watch this space. Right, on to the main event and hope you enjoy Heather's story. Um, we'll see you on the other side. Well, thank you for coming on and giving us your uh, story. Much appreciated. And uh, it's lovely to meet you. But a really nice, nice chat. You. So let's get into it. What was your sporting background growing up? So I was um I was I was in the hockey team and um and then I didn't do anything very much. I, I always rode a bike, like at, at, at medical school I rode a bike and did some bike touring when I was at medical school. And then you just work I was working, I'm a junior doctor. Oh, I, well, I was a junior doctor then. And then when you work all the time and so everything, all your sporting stuff kind of stops. And I suppose I took up running again. Um, when I came to Newcastle, which was the early eighties and I came to Newcastle and worked in the pediatric department and everybody did the great North run. Like everybody, mm. like everybody mm. talked about the Great North Run. Everybody did it. Everybody was asking if you were doing it. And I'm going, what's this thing? Um, and so I kind of got into running, back into running um, by doing that. And we kind of pushed kids in wheelchairs and, and all sorts of things. But it was very much what everybody did. And, and loads of people at the hospital where I worked did it. Um, so I started running a bit then. Then I had my kids and then... I started running a bit more seriously, um, joined a running club, ran lots of cross countries and stuff like that. So I, mm. I at one point was was kind of got into the England vets um, cross country team. So that was fantastic. They, there's yeah. a kind of um, selection process for doing that. Um, so I did that for a few years. Um, and then, and I did a few marathons, ran four marathons but largely did kind of half marathons and things. Um, and then I started getting um, cartilage problems in my knees mm. and um, had operations on both knees. And um, I'd always I'd always cycled, but I did the, the thing that everybody does when they're getting into triathlon and stuff. I, um, I, I went into, I went, oh, I, I'll do triathlon as a, as a different thing to do to try and protect me. Um, How did you find out about triathlon? What sort of year was this? Probably around 2005, somewhere between 2005 and 2010, I started deciding to do some triathlon. Um, And that was through through a friend that I ran with. So my friend bought a road bike i i was still i've always i cycled to work i've always cycled you know i had the kids in trailers and bike seats and i mean biking is what i do but yeah. i'd always i'd always just done that um you just do it you know that it wasn't something i'd done as a sport i never thought of it as a sport it was just a way of getting around mm. um and and one of my friends bought a road bike and um gave me a go on it and I went whoa you know it's like the first time you get a bike it's like so different to anything else you've ridden and I was kind of cycling around going wee this is great and I kind of thought oh and, and it was through her that um that, that that we got into doing um uh triathlon um uh do this how hard how hard can it be <laughs> <laughs> um 
and I, I wasn't a very good swimmer. I was I, I, I barely learned to swim as a child and I was a kind of breast breaststroke swimmer, head out of the water, never owned goggles, never put my head in the water. So for my 50th birthday, so where does that take me? I was born in 1957. So my 50th birthday, so that'd be 2007. Um, I treated myself to swimming lessons. Right. So for, for proper swimming lessons, taking it right back to basics to learn how to do. So then in about 2000 and I don't know, 12, 13, there was a local duathlon in Morpeth. And um, that's about 15 miles north of here. Um, mm -hmm. And me and a few friends entered that. And I'd never done a duathlon before. And it happened to be the qualifier for the world championships right. in ottawa and so i kind of signed you know paid my 10 pounds signed on the dotted line and um and won my age group wow. um, and so i then got this place to go with the gb team to ottawa and I, originally i wasn't going to go i thought mm. like who, who do i think i am this is ridiculous i couldn't possibly be good enough to be in the gb team you know i've never done this before um and uh and then something happened that made me just think actually i've got an opportunity to go um it was a ridiculous thing actually i i, I had a hairdresser's appointment and i had only managed to get this hairdresser point, appointment because um, and I went and I said, oh, it's really difficult to get an appointment. And the, my hairdresser said um, uh, uh, it's because the person who should have had this appointment can't come because they got knocked off their bike. Mm. And I I suddenly kind of had this, you know how you have these kind of brilliant flashes of, of kind of, oh, my goodness me, that could happen to me. Um, I need to take seize every opportunity mm -hmm. so so at that moment i went oh i'll just go to ottawa um so i went to ottawa my youngest child my daughter who was about 15 or so at the time came with me and we went for a week and um i went with the aim of not coming last that was all <laughs> I, wanted. I just didn't want to be last um and I had the best time ever. It was just fantastic. So, so out with the GB team, all the kind of parading out with the with the flag and having your photo taken, and and stuff. Um, and I got a bronze medal there. Wow! So it, well it was absolutely overwhelming. It was really really hot. They had us go off about one o'clock in the afternoon. It was so hot. Um, and as I didn't know where I was, but I just kind of gave it everything. And I trained really really hard from the decision to go to actually going um and as i crossed the line there were two americans on the line looking out for me and kind of grabbed me as i came across the line because they'd got the gold and silver right. and they, were, they were looking for the bronze person in their age group and that was just it was it just kind of struck me that that was um that's what it's like that actually it's fiercely competitive between the start line and the finish line but on either side of those lines, outside those lines, um, it's 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 fantastic. It's like a big family. It's lovely. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so then just, I just started qualifying to go to more, really. Yeah. Just going back to uh, finding out about age group then, how, how did that come about? That must have been through doing the Morpeth duathlon. 
Right. So, so signed so up for the Morpeth Triathlon and it was advertised as being a right. um, qualifier for the GB age group team. Yeah. So then you just did a bit of research to what all this GB team was all about. And yeah. 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 So I went on the website and my friend said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to enter that. And, and it was only 10 quid to register. And yeah. I thought, well, why not? Um, yeah. Without great in you know i didn't think i would ever really do it yeah well that's actually to what i say quite often to my uh teammates uh you know what have you got to lose it's 10 pound you yeah. don't know you don't know how you're going to fare on the day you don't know who's going to turn up who's not going to turn up so you've got nothing to lose you know yeah. put your 10 pound in and yeah. have a go yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely and and that going to ottawa with the team was just phenomenal i i just can't i mean i i met people there that i that, that i still see it at the, at the kind of gb events and mm. um yeah it's a- absolutely fantastic and i suppose i've been to something every year since right apart from the COVID years mm-hmm. so i've either been to the worlds or the europeans yeah um so i've i've kind of I, I mean, now I, I go to the qualifiers, you know, I will obviously make sure, sure. I go to the qualifiers um, mm-hmm. so that I have more than one chance of, of qualifying. Yeah. Okay. So what um, sort of distances and events do you actually target then? I'm just doing sprint. Yeah. So sprint, sprint duathlon. Yeah. I, I'm wanting, I would like to move up to uh, standard distance, but I've never quite found the time to because i've been yes. i've only just retired this summer okay and so it is something i might think about doing um yeah. trying to move move up the distance um and because i know quite a lot of other people that do both events mm-hmm. um but yeah i just i just haven't haven't had the time really yeah. and in fact since i've been retired i've been away so much on my bike i've kind of discovered my bike again and um mm. I've been away for weeks and weeks on it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. yeah cool. So it's not, not good for the running training, but um, yeah. it's great for the cycle. <laughs> yeah. And would that be a standard distance in duathlon or would you try triathlon? Yeah. yeah Just duathlon. duathlon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I th- I'm thinking of doing, doing another triathlon, but I, I wouldn't be, I would never get me in the team. No. Um, and I don't really like the open water right. washing machine thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did do actually the, the year before COVID. So 2019, mm-hmm. I did, um, that thing that, uh, they did in London. So if you'd done the London marathon and you'd done ride London mm-hmm. and you did the serpentine two mile swim, you could get a conquer London medal. So right. I did the serpentine two mile swim that, yeah. that September. Yeah. Um, so so that was great actually that was sure. uh, that was fine <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like a think, great start yeah the thing is you've got to enjoy what you're doing haven't you and if it's not your thing then you know duathlons i always say and people are probably sick of me saying it but i think they're harder than triathlons to be fair uh, in my experience yeah, people kind of think you're cheating because you're not doing the swim <laughs> Well, I so I have just, had that, you know. Oh, it's not proper. Um, yeah, but I think it's, it's just because like tri- Yeah, I think it's just because triathlon is such a, um, a a big thing in the world of sport, isn't it? With the brownlees and everything else, that yeah. duathlon isn't, you know, and it's not. 
world championship. It's not on the TV. It hasn't got the stars. And um, however, yeah. a lot a lot of the uh, triathlete triathletes do do duathlons as well. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, because yeah, it's um, I suppose it's good kind of training for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I've got all the gear to do to do triathlon. I haven't got a, I haven't got a um, um, like an aero bike. So so mm. so that was one of the, that was an, yeah that was another thing that made me stick to sprint duathlon because when the rules came in in maybe five years ago mm. or so, where they suddenly said that you had to have a road bike for sprint distance but you could have an aero bike um or a, a, a proper sort of tri bike with aero bars for standard it suddenly meant you really needed two but two different bikes mm -hmm. yeah um and so i plumped for I, for my 60th birthday i bought myself a new bike and i plumped for a road bike so right. i sort of made a bit of a decision then to yeah. go for a really good road bike um i mean i have loads of different bikes but they're kind of you know i have a mountain bike and a shopping bike and a folding bike and a, and a just getting to work secondhand bike so yeah. the last thing i really wanted was to buy yet another one <laughs> it's um, not it's not so much the buying isn't it it's the storage that's the problem <laughs> oh ab absolutely yeah 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 my garage is full of them and and the good ones are in the house and the, yes. the tatty ones are out of the garage same, same yeah yeah <laughs> Cool. Yeah, yeah, I love I love my road bike though, and I love my touring bike as well. I have a have a very good touring bike, and in fact, I've spent much of this summer doing bike rides in Europe. Yeah, um, nice. Whereabouts in Europe did you go then? So I've been I've been doing some cycling. I've got involved with um I'm I'm very kind of clean keen on on kind of climate change and trying to you know air pollution and trying to draw attention to it so there's an organization of, of of medics doctors and and other healthcare professionals called ride for their lives and right. this time last year we rode with some documents um up to cop 26 in glasgow okay yeah uh, and then following that cop 27 this year was was obviously in egypt and so in the lead up to that in may i cycled from the uk to geneva to, okay. to link up with some people at the world health organization and then i've just come back from uh, a trip in october where we cycled from um geneva down to naples and on the way we linked up with various climate activists and um, doctors and pediatricians and people who were um, really just trying to raise awareness and educate people about the, the problems of, of air pollution particularly. And of mm. course, the bicycle is part of the solution. You know, we have, we don't need to invent solutions. We have the solutions. Um, yeah. We need to get away from fossil fuels and we need to change our transport structure and, mm. and use bikes. Um, and uh, I think a lot of people have known that for a long time, but we're, you know, we're not doing it. So, yes. so we know the answers, we're just not doing it. So a bike yeah. ride is a kind of good way of, in a way, drawing attention to that and, mm. um, and trying to get other people kind of motivated and active. So yeah, that's been that's been fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Well, it sounds a well worthy cause. Um, is there any... Um social media media links that you want to 
um, tell people about so they can have a look at it? And... Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, um, there's a, there's a Twitter account at Ride for Their Lives. Yeah. Um, not that I'm sure we should still be using Twitter. I'm about to leave, but um, right. I don't definitely. use it a lot myself, so I don't. I mean, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good platform, but it's now owned by Elon Musk, and I, yeah. I can't support anything that he does. I mean, he's mm. treating his people and and you know the social media so badly. But I don't know where to move to. Anyway, that, enough of me ranting about Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, and there's Ride for Their Lives um, uh, has its own website. Maybe shall I send you that in a um, in an email? can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Yeah, you can do. That's fine. And then I can just put it in the show notes. That'll, that'll be great. And I can I can mention it. When I edit this, I can mention it yeah. at the end as well. Um, if you send me. Yeah, that would be that would be fantastic because yeah. on the Ride for Their Lives um, website, there are links to um, the um, non-fossil fuel proliferation treaty, which we're trying to get people to sign. Um, and there are links to a kind of climate prescription um, basically calling on people to to stop using fossil fuels um and um yeah you know air pollution is 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 one of the the major health risks it's probably the biggest health risk we have it's bigger yeah. than covid it's bigger than any of those things that people are so worried about yeah, um, yeah. And we're not really doing anything about it or we're doing very little about it yeah so, yeah. okay. so that, that all, all, all kind of links with my with the with the whole duathlon training yeah. you know i went yes. I, I went to went to spain in i went to bilbao to the um to the europeans i can't remember the world yeah yeah, yeah and and i also went to romania to the to the world this year and each time i had just got back from mega mega cycle trips mm. and i just blasted it on the bike even though I hadn't done much kind of race training I'd just done so many miles yeah. of day after day after day cycling with luggage you know cycling over the Alps all that sort of thing um it certainly gives you a, a fantastic base yeah yeah for, for yeah. racing I was gonna say great base training there you smashed it absolutely yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. so so I got so I mean amazingly this year I've got the world championship and the Eight and the European for right. my age group. Um, well done. It's probably the best year to do it though, because I've just moved into the sixty-five to seventy age group. Right. So, okay. so at the at that age, every year makes a lot of difference. You know, it's Younger, a great youngest difference. youngest of the group. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it, you know, it it really doesn't matter what what the age group is. It's so competitive, regardless, isn't it? You know, just and I think yeah. the, the it's, middle it's, the middle ages, I think between like fifty and right up to up to the, your age group, it, it's just so competitive and so so it's it's filled with so many athletes in those groups. You look at you look at the whole age group list and it's always those age groups that have got the most athletes trying to get get in and qualify. So competitive. Yeah, it's it's fantastic though. It's amazing to see people out there. You know, I went to a race um, in the spring, and there were there were like eight women in my age group, all trying to get these three places in in the team. Yeah, and we all finished within very you know, very few minutes of each other. You know, so there's people who are really competing at a, at a high level, 
um and that's fantastic to see yeah. i think it's, i think it's absolutely it's brilliant. inspiring so, so it think, really is inspiring it's really inspiring i look at people older than me yeah. and i go yeah i still i want to be doing it like that we all do, I think. We all look at that, don't we? We all look at the age groups above and think, wow, I just want to keep on going and keep doing it and just live this yeah. lifestyle because you feel so good yeah. for it. Yeah. And and I, I feel the same about Park Run. I'm a great Park Run fan. So, yeah. so one of my training runs each week is Park Run. Yeah, you I mean, know, Park I just... Run's just amazing, isn't it? The whole concept of Park Run is just yeah. phenomenal. There's never been anything like it. It's just no. – it's free. It gets – all different kinds of people out. It's just so so good. It's genius. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. and it's it's so social. It's so lovely. Um, and when I've travelled to do do the kind of age group races and things, I've always tried to do the local park run. Yeah, yeah. Um, wherever I am, it's just amazing. It um, and it's a really good training session. Mm. Really, really good. Yeah. So, yeah. All it's all. Um, yeah, it's all. I mean, I suppose I'm. I, I think I possibly large. I like to feel fit and I like to feel strong, but I, it's it's almost more about keeping my head in in in, in gear. Um, mm. it's, it's the reason I do it that I I just yeah. feel better. Yeah, well, it's it it exercise does that, doesn't it? it? Just makes you feel better. Yeah, and I think it gives you uh, a sense of purpose as well to get up every day and you know and just yes. get out there and train and have a goal so yeah it's 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 fantastic yeah, yeah and certainly with without the kind of aim of the whole age group stuff and the, and knowing the fierce competition that's a great motivator you know yeah. i know the other people in in my age group i've raced against them they've beaten me i've beaten them you know mm. we're we're it's a really good motivator actually yeah cool well brilliant well well done for um already qualifying for next year which races did you did you do to qualify um so um well i suppose because of my position in this year's races in romania in targamuras and in bilbao that automatically qualifies right. yeah, yeah. yeah yeah but i also did i think i did um oh, somewhere near, near nottingham national trust place clumber park Yes, yeah, yeah. I did Clumber Park, and I did one at a racetrack near Bedford. What was that called? A really old-fashioned racetrack. The park was amazing. I'd never done Clumber Park before, and that was that was really fun. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. It was near Bedford. Isn't that ridiculous? I can't remember what it was called. Anyway, there we go. Yeah. No worries. So how did you, how were your experiences at Romania and Bilbao? You obviously did very oh, well. Um, Targamuris is great. I yes. love the events in Targamuris. It's a really small town and your people are very welcoming to you. And you, it's all kind of said, I don't know if you've been to. Yeah, been I, raced, there, I it, raced the first time they held it there. In When it was the European three yes. or four years ago. Yeah, yeah, yes, I did that as well. Yeah. And 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 you can't walk up the street without seeing loads of people. <laughs> like I I love it, you know, that, that everybody's sitting outside in the cafes because everybody's staying in the same place. Um Bilbao, so so Targamiris was great, loved it. Um uh and Bilbao was a lovely city, but because it was very spread out and a big city, you didn't bump into people quite as much. Mm. Yeah. So, so I enjoyed Bilbao, but but it didn't have the same atmosphere. I think my probably my favourite place is probably somewhere like Pontevedra. Right. Okay. 
of all of the places I've raced, Ponte Vedra yeah. is just the best. Why is that then? Uh, it's lovely. It's a beautiful town. It doesn't have any traffic in the town. It's a pedestrian-only town centre that's all cobbled and lovely. It's very small. If, again, you bump into people in the team because I'm I'm always travelling on my pretty much always travelling on my own. Although my kids have occasionally come with me, um, and so it's nice to just bump into people and you know socialise and stuff. And I also like hills, so yes. um, Ponte Ved was great as the, the cycle route is up a hill. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm I'm better on hills than I am on the flat. I'm I'm you know probably similar build to, to you. Uh, you know I'm a climber, yeah. not a yeah, yeah, not yeah. a power yeah. on the flat. Not a power athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I, that's pretty yeah, much no, why I'm not really I'm not really keen on race race tracks as um, as bike legs no. actually. And and unfortunately, no. there seem to be more and more race tracks that they're using these days for qualifications. But uh, it is what it is. Yes. Are you? Do you do standard distance or long? Um, um, I usually do um, sprint duathlons and standard triathlons. But yeah, but yeah, yeah, race tracks are, they have their advantages, don't they? Because at least you're not looking out for cars and things. True, yeah. Um, but they're quite tedious, even even for sprint distance. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I did a couple this year and... Um, they were quite different. Alton Alton Park was quite challenging because it had some some good inclines, um, and then Dalian... yes, I've I've raced at Alton Park. That's nice. Yeah. I, I yeah. like it there. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that would suit you. Yeah, um, and then Darling yeah. was like really flat and a really short light lap. It was about two two and a half kilometers per lap. So you're doing eight laps. So that in itself trying to remember eight laps is uh it's a feat when you <laughs> Yes. Is Darley more the one near Bedford with the lake in the middle? No, it's um because well, that one's a really small track and, and we yeah. had to do like nine and a half laps or something. Yeah, yeah. And trying to remember those and have a system that <laughs> that yeah, it, it was yeah. really hard. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, but there, there you go. I mean, you've just got to, like you say, they are safer, um, and I think that's that's probably the main reason why why the organisers are doing it and and putting them in there. Really. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, so I think we've we've covered pretty much your history there. Then is that is that fair to say you've yeah. you've uh, yeah. I mean, we we did skip we, quite I've a lot. On a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. No, it's been really interesting. Um, I mean, you did you did say you did move. So you, you've been you've been a GB athlete since two thousand and thirteen. Was that right? Was that about right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So and you and you've qualified at least for every every year apart from COVID, like you'd said. Um, yeah. So I did. I did Ottawa, and then I think Pontevedra, yeah. Aviles. I went out to Australia to Adelaide. I did Penticton. Adelaide was brilliant. Adelaide was fabulous. Um, although I did probably my fastest time, probably my best race, but I was like seventh. Um, yeah. The Australians and New Zealanders <laughs> are phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely mm. phenomenal. Um, Penticton was good. I did Penticton maybe 2017 or 18. Um, then Punta Umbria, Ibiza, 
I did did the yeah. Europeans and Ibiza. The only problem with Ibiza is that the, all the events are at different sites. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's like the town. The town's quite nice that everyone sort of stays in for the sprint, but then it's quite difficult to see any of the other events. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're they're either in the Ibiza town or over the other side of the the country, aren't they? Uh, the island, yeah. rather. Yeah. 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 So it is. Yeah. It is a bit yeah. awkward. Um, yeah. 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 So well, I've, yes. I've got to. No, to lovely places, really. Yeah. I mean, it's all been fantastic. I think yeah. I've been twice to Pontevedra. Um, probably, yeah. I didn't go to a, I didn't go the second time to Avila's. Yeah. But yeah, they're all they're yeah. all fun places to go. Yeah, and it's a great way of seeing the world and places of the world that you wouldn't probably ordinarily think of going. Romania is like yeah. one of those, yeah. isn't it? You would never probably yeah. think about going to Romania. Um, no, no, yeah. no. And well, I loved, well, I loved first. it. Yeah, yeah. My, my, the first time when it was the Europeans, both my kids came out. One of them only came for the weekend to watch me race, but my daughter came for the whole week, and yeah. we spent a lot of time at that wonderful sports complex. You know the, um, the one just about a mile north of the town. They've right. got those. They've got like three Olympic-sized swimming pools yeah. and grass and tennis courts and. I mean, absolutely amazing sports yeah. facilities. When you think, you know, we have virtually no Olympic-sized swimming pools in the country. Um, yeah, I liked, I liked all those places. And you'd never go to them, would you, really? You wouldn't, no. So just moving on then to training, what? Yeah. how does that How does that um, work for you? What Have you got a coach? Um, do you just self-train? I, I kind of self-train largely because when I was working, which I was till this summer, I had to just fit it round. I was I was on a one in four on call rotor. So one in four weekends, I was doing, you know, and I'd be on call for a whole week. And, and actually, it's quite difficult to fit in with what somebody else wants you to do when, when you're doing that. So I used to train really early in the morning, um, you know, be up at six to do my running and, and stuff like that. Um, since I've retired, I've yeah, I, I'm doing juggling a bit a bit more. But the, I mean, there's there's a coach at the running club, so I'm a member of a local running club, and we have a coach yeah. at the running club. And then I've also, since COVID, have joined a gym where I have a coach to do kind of weights and strength mm-hmm. training strength and stuff training, like yeah. that. So yeah. that's a that's a new thing for me, and that's been because I think as you get older. I think I think as sort of postmenopausal women, it's really hard to keep your fitness, um, and also to not get injured and to not break bones when you fall and and stuff. So yeah. so in a way, my focus at the moment, my focus in the kind of gym training is very much to keep my strength up and keep my bones strong and yeah. and not get injured. Yeah. So and I also, do have some, you know, I do have some coaching. Yeah, and also, I mean, it, as you're getting older, you're losing muscle mass anyway. Sarcopenia. It's it's so important to keep that to keep that going. Um, so yeah, you you're absolutely one hundred percent right to get in the gym and and keep your strength up. Yeah, yeah, and I have I have sort of set programs for doing that. You know, I've been to the gym at seven o'clock this morning to to have an hour session, and yeah. and I'll do that three times a week. Yeah. Um, I like it. It's fun. I just, I, yeah. I, I like the way yeah, it's thing good. because because I go and I do what they tell me what to do and that's that's really good 
yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, Excellent. I, I probably should have a coach that kind of ties everything together, but there's a there's a limit to how much you can be told what to do, isn't there? <laughs> Yeah, there is, yeah. And I think, to be honest, experience that you've got racing and stuff from from back in the day, you know, yeah, they can plan it all out for you and they can give you, they could tweak things here and there, but it's obviously working for you anyway, isn't it? So Yeah, 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 yeah. I just sort of combine it, you know, combine what I learned from the, from the running training and combine what I learned from the gym and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I go to some oldie swimming sessions, but I'm still in the slow lane there. I've been doing that for 10 years and I'm still in the slow lane. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> I don't that's think all. that's going to get much better. <laughs> well, it is what it is, isn't it? It's it's my it's my sort of non-training, you know, on my on my rest days, yeah. I, I'll swim. Um because yeah. it, it yeah, I mean it's all it's good for you, I think. <clears throat> but I yeah. yeah. I'm I'm never gonna break any records at that. <laughs> <laughs> Right, we'll we'll finish up with a few uh, quick fire questions that I always ask. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the first one: What's your favourite bit of kit? My bike. Your bike, and what bike have you got? I've got a specialised Amira. Oh no, an S Works, an S Works Amira, in a beautiful shade of turquoise. It's iridescent. Very nice. It's lovely. Has the eye I love Lovely. it. Love it. It's quite. I mean, it's five years old now, yeah. uh, but I absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a favourite answer from everybody. The bike. Is it the bike? Really? <laughs> it's the bike, really. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> says. Everybody says the the bike. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. I went. I went for before. I I decided I was going to buy a really good bike, and I went for a bike fit because I'm quite small, and I and I had proper professional bike fit. Fantastic chap. Um, and he said, right, there's three frames that will fit you. Um, and it was, it was this, it was this Amira, it was a, there was a, a Tavello one and a, a, a giant live one. And, um, and then he found me this bike. It was secondhand from a bike shop that had specced it for one of their team, one of their bike people to, to race. Mm. So it was all specced for racing. And I said, oh, you know, send me a picture of it. And it was this beautiful turquoise blue. And so having gone through all the tech stuff about what I'd have and this and that and all the other, in the end, I bought it because I liked the colour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Well, it's as good and a reason as any. You have to love your bike, though, don't you? You, you have yeah. to feel good when you get on it. Yeah. Well, you spend a lot of time on it as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 Great. Yeah, so, so what... Um, what sort of training devices and um, things do you use to help you? Like what sources, resources do you use to help you training? I have some weights at home, like kettlebells and things, which I occasionally use. Um, I have a turbo trainer, which I don't use enough. I'm going to have to this week, but I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I just such good, it's such a good piece of kit though it's so people get this I know. Oh, i've got to sit on the trainer and but you do things on that train i was saying to my wife exactly the same she's like oh i really don't want to go on and i said you, you go on it you'll do things on there that you won't do if you're out on the road it's if you especially yeah. if you're on zwift and i'm not plugging zwift or anything but that's what i use and there's so much on there that you can use to get you doing different things like speed work and hit sessions and strength work it's just so so good and people say oh i really don't like it so boring 
and you can race and you can do TTs and you can do all sorts on well, there. It's, I, you know, I think that's where my training needs to go. And, and you've yeah. absolutely hit on the fact that I, yeah, I kind of have this, oh, I don't really want to do it. But everybody says that you need to just get on something like Swift and, yeah. and then it will be fun. Because it yeah. has to be fun for me. You know, I know yeah. it's hard work, but actually, your life's too short to spend your life doing things you don't want to do. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely, but, yeah. You know, and yeah. there's a certain element of, you know, I don't want to get up at six o'clock in the morning and go out in the dark and run. But actually, once I'm across the threshold, I love mm. it. Yeah. So, um, and, and I, I kind of haven't got the getting across the threshold bit for the bike yet. Mm. So I, that's what I need to do because I think I could really improve my biking. Oh, 100%. Yeah, no, no. Well, that. you know, you, you've only got to look at the people that actually do use the turbo trainers and it's professional cyclists, it's professional triathletes, you know. They're using this this for a reason. Um, and the reason mm. is, like mm. I've said, a lot of it you wouldn't do out on the road, especially especially uh, bike riding. Yeah, running you can do on the track and you can get those sessions in. Yeah. Yeah, but biking, yeah, it, you, just, yeah. you know, yeah. it's such a, you've got to be so disciplined um, yeah. to do those sorts of things. Uh, I should think of it as a track training for the bike. Yeah, yeah, that's should. that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. And that's what I said to Kate, my wife, I said, look, we go to the track on a Saturday morning and you don't mind mm -hmm. doing that. Um, and actually this Saturday, it was that bad. We actually went in the gym and used the treadmill, but did the did the track session that the coach gave us on the treadmill. And I said, oh, this is treadmill. exactly like, this is exactly like Swift. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's what you do. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And she's coming around to the idea. <laughs> I, well, I'm, I'm in my brain. I've got it there. I just haven't quite got my bike yeah. set up in the right place. And, you know, you've got to, yeah, yeah. you've got, yeah. it's got to, yeah. That, okay. Okay. The incentive having talked to you, I'm going to go and get <laughs> not that I, you know, I'm not, you know, you do, but like I said earlier, it's obviously working for you, whatever you're doing, so don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think a lot of people have said you just have to get on Swift and, and do it. Um, yeah. so yeah, loads of people have said said that to me, particularly through the winter, because yeah. I do find you know, it's much easier in the summer when I can really get oh, miles definitely, in. yeah, 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 100%. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, what resources do you use, if any, like what websites or books that you've read or um, things you listen to? Anything to help you train? Or... Um, I don't know, really. Mm. I suppose odd things on the Internet. No, no particular thing. I did. I did um, read that Chai running book. Chai running she running yeah um so i've done stuff like that yeah yeah but yeah it's all a matter of just tweaking what you try and do isn't it sure. yeah cool and what advice would you give to anybody wanting to start in triathlon or um trying to qualify to become an age group athlete oh just do it just just you know get into the races do your regular training and have a go at qualifying because you as, as as we were saying before if you you don't know who's going to turn up on the day you don't know if you're going to have a great race you don't know if someone else is going to have a puncture you know you you've always got a chance of qualifying and it um it it i think to actually go to some of these events like I, I can't tell you how much i like the kind of support and friendship and and that atmosphere of just everybody being just very supportive to each other and i i'd do anything to try and keep hold of that so yeah my just 
just advice you know get out there train and um uh try try for it cool. great answer and finally um uh, what are your short-term and your long-term goals um short-term next year um will be uh, they're quite early in the season actually both the europeans and the world so so there's um ibiza and um venice somewhere else venice ibiza and venice yes yeah so those are my those are my targets for next year yeah um, so I, ibiza and venice um i'll also do ride london next year um and um may even try a little bit of other racing or, or cycling and then um, ride for their lives. We're planning because we can't cycle to Dubai, which is where COP28 is. Hmm. Um, we are probably going to cycle into Africa. So down through Spain into Morocco. So nice. we've got a bit, of, a bit of planning to do for that. Yeah. So, Sounds great. Um, yeah. Yeah. So lots of stuff. Lovely. Anything else that you'd like to add? No, it's been nice talking to you. Actually, it's quite nice yeah. to be asked about things like. I mean, I just, I just love it all. So, um, it's, it's, it's quite fun. I mean, I think, I think one of the problems is, is a very privileged section of society that can do this because yeah. it is expensive, yeah. and travelling to the events is expensive. Getting your bike. I mean, what I would, what I would love to say, actually, is would Eurostar please start taking bikes again? Because getting your bike into Europe is a nightmare now because Eurostar won't take bikes in any form, boxed, unboxed, fully, you know, uh, they just won't take them. And they used to before COVID and Brexit, and mm. now they won't. And so your only option for getting your bike into Europe, if you don't want to fly, which I try not to do as much as possible, is to um, go to a ferry port, get your bike across on the ferry and then take the trains. Because the trains in Europe are brilliant. Yeah. You get around by train really well. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, yeah, Eurostar, get your act together. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> well said. Because we well said. we want to we want to be you know we want to be respond you know we want to be kind of responsible and and not fly if we can you know and there's lots of places you can easily get to on the trains trains in yeah. Europe are brilliant but yeah. we need to be able to take our bikes um, yeah. and I have to say you know last time I I sent my bike with Nirvana to um, Bilbao great service but you know three hundred quid to was that how much it was yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it's absolutely crazy. And then I got, I, I actually sailed across the channel on a, on a catamaran and then got the, um, got the, got the train and the, and, and, um, TGV down to Spain. So yeah. that was all fun, but yeah. yeah um, yeah, get, getting yeah. it. It's not very good for the climate flying around everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So if we could do it, very if true. we could do things by train, that would be, that would be really good. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for coming on. And, Given as your uh, story, much appreciated, and uh, it's lovely to meet you. But a really nice, nice chat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I, you know, it's these these things inspire other people. This is the whole point of the podcast. Somebody will listen to this and they'll hear your story and think, hmm, "Yeah, I could do that. 
I'll give it a go. Yeah, well, that that's exactly, that's what you've got to think. I could do that. You know, I'm 65 and I'm still yeah. doing this and I'm, I've, I've just want to get better at it yeah. and, or, or decay less quickly. I think that's maybe the other option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, Lovely. you know, it's good for you. Good for your, good for your mental health, good for your physical health. Yeah, fabulous. Well, like I say, thank you ever so much for coming on and taking the time out to, to speak to us. Much appreciated. Yeah, lovely to talk um, to you. Good luck with all your racing as well. Yeah, thank you ever so much. Bye. All right, take care. Lovely to meet you. Well, that was an absolute pleasure to um, meet Heather and uh, listen to her journey and her story. Such a humble lady. And, um, and even though she's retired, um, her work continues through Ride for Their Lives. And like Heather mentioned, a group of healthcare providers um, protecting children at the present, uh, riding thousands of miles to protect the future. And it's a well-worthy cause. So if you would like to know more, um, they're on all the social medias. Uh, Ride for Their Lives is, is their handle. And they have, they have their own webpage, which is climateacceptancestudios.com. Uh, so head over there, see what it's all about, and maybe you want to take part and get involved. Thank you once again for listening, and if you could spread the word about our podcast, I would be much appreciated. Um, if you do have time, you could rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts, and I think you can now do it on Spotify. Um, subscribe to our podcast channels and follow us, that would be great as well. And you can leave some comments or you can get in touch with us um, on social media. We're on Instagram at amp underscore 1967. You can DM us there. Um, Facebook is ampgb. We're on Twitter at Age Group Multisport Podcast. And we do have a YouTube channel, um, which is ampgb. Our email is agegroupmultisportpodcast at gmail.com. So drop us a line, get in touch, DM us. If you would like to come on, please um, share your story, inspire others like Heather's done today, and um, we'll get you on and we'll have a chat. So that's it for now. We'll see you next time. And don't forget, stay safe, keep training, and love the process. Bye.